I learned the hard way that during a show I had to put airplane mode on. Oh, because <laughs> we were like just dancing around it, and it's like a like it's like a party uh, set, you know, like uh, we're dancing and we're jumping shit and we're trying to do thing, and, and then it just stopped, uh, and because I got a call. So it was like, like the PA. Hey guys, welcome to the Tour Stories podcast. Today, Josh and I are going to do the intro as we have invaded Ty's studio room. Yeah, we're in here in uh, sunny California. We love it here. <laughs> Just kidding. No. We, we really, we, it's okay. Yeah, it's so, great. Ty loves it out here, so that's all that matters. Yeah, the smog and pollution, pollution and traffic. traffic. It's rough. It's rough for for us country boys. Yeah, <laughs> good old uh, Southern Illinois and Pennsylvania Pennsylvania boy. Yeah, so. but uh, but we're here to talk with uh, our <laughs> our friend Pina. He is from Mexico. Yeah. So yeah, he's a. Uh, He's got a lot of insight on how to tour through Mexico and just some wild stories that he's been through. So without further ado, here's the episode. Pena, what's going on, brother? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing? I got the combo, the full, full combo. All three of us staring at you like a family counseling session. This is great. <laughs> um, all right. I'm not even going to intro every project that you have because... You have taken over the Mexican music scene in basically every genre you can possibly come up with. So I, I need the rundown for our listeners, everything that you're a part of right now, because it is insane. Okay, yeah, well, uh, thank you very much. That's a great uh, intro. I'm super perfect here. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, I'm currently officially doing uh, three projects right now. Um, the one that takes my, most of my time, it's uh, called Los Chodgon. It's, it's like a hip hop alternative or not. Uh, it's on the punkier side, if you want to see it uh, that way, uh, of hip hop. And um, we we'll have a YouTube channel connected to it. We upload two videos a week. Uh, we talk about music. I mean, we have a, a, a podcast on Fridays. On Tuesdays, we have, you know, like, uh, it's just me talking about my experience, like, in, in music and growing up, um, uh, changing the way I think and that kind of stuff, like, more of a YouTuber thing. And, and that's the same universe as a hip-hop um, band. And then I also play in a pop-punk band called Say Ocean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right there um and we're currently working on an album it's full pop punk like uh we grew up idolizing the the pop up pop punk scene uh here in mexico uh there's a great mexican scene but we also grew up listening mostly american bands um and then uh, we're working on a on a record right now we just play a huge festival like five minutes before we went into quarantine and we were about to announce, you know, like a tour, uh, like a, uh, across the country. We're from Guadalajara. We live in Mexico City. And we're going to, we were going to tour uh, pretty much every state in Mexico. Uh, that didn't happen, but we got to work on a new album. And we just released our first sing uh, the first single of our second album. It's our sophomore album. Uh, it's called No Estoy Roto, I'm Not Broken. Uh, and uh, it's been a huge response for, uh, from the people. We're very excited, and we're currently working on the second single. We have 11 songs already, uh, like, recorded, mixed, masters, ready to go. So we're just now, like, displaying the full album uh, across the year. I mean, and probably, I'm aiming for probably an autumn full release of the album. But, you know, like, management is crazy. Like, no, let's hold it until the, we can play shows, motherfuckers. I mean, you have to play the show. And so we're like, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's wait it out. I mean, let, let us work on, our, on the singles. And we have 11 songs. I mean, if at the end of the, the day, we have to release 11 singles instead of, you know, like a full album. We're cool with it. I mean, it's, it's under the same universe. Uh, we already have a name for it. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. 
And the third project uh, I do, it's just like a solo thing, if you can uh, call it that. Um, it's on the spoken word, like it's a little bit of screamo uh, part, but mostly spoken word. I mean, uh, I really, really like hotel books and it was like my first approachment to... Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people are saying it, and I take it as a huge compliment. Like, man, I really, really think Cam is a, a, a talented dude, and I really like his writing. I, I mostly like his deliver, you know, like his approach, uh, because it's like super emo, full emo, but he's actually not like singing, and, and he was like doing the spoken word thing, and I was doing the hip hop thing and the pop button, pop punk thing, and I was like, okay, I mean, what? Uh, fuck it, I mean, let's give it a shot. So I, I, I recorded a five-song EP uh, with Seba Sortega, uh, a great friend of mine from Guadalajara. We did uh, everything in, in Guadalajara. We recorded five songs. Uh, I just released like uh, three weeks ago uh, the second single of the EP. Uh, and that one is called uh, Como si al cielo le importara, which means the literally trans the literal transition will be as if the heavens cared. So okay, so already the, a couple questions before we go any further. I know you have management assistance, but uh, are you are you fully independent on the record label side of things? Yeah, we do everything ourselves. I mean, the first album with Sea Ocean, we were signed to an independent, like super tiny label. Uh, but they help us out a ton. I mean, they teach us the like fucking how the business worked. And then, I mean, they got super busy with their side projects and, and like they have real lives and stuff. So they were really kind and, and they were like, okay, I mean, are you ready to do it yourselves? And we we're like, yeah, I mean, let's give it a shot. And we ended up recording with a super big producer um, our next album. So, I mean, things are looking up. Uh, is <laughs> My bad, I'm sorry. You're good. I'm already stepping on toes. <laughs> Not used to having them right here. Um, is there is, is there like a, a separate record label world in Mexico when it comes to your genres? Like are, are there are there like household names for record labels in the pop punk world or in the hip hop world that are that are like strictly out of Mexico? Not at all, man. I mean, we grew up like seeing, you know, like Phil by Ramen, uh I don't know, like fearless, hopeless, pure noise, uh, all that. Uh, even, you know, like we're triumphant or something, something like that, the one with the elephant. And we grew up listening to that and we knew it existed in, in America, but no, here in Mexico, the only one that was, uh, I don't know, uh, like the biggest pop punk emo band uh, in Mexico was Panda. And they broke up a couple of years ago. They were signed to Movic Records. Uh, and that Mavic, like Mavic, 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 M-O-V-I-C records. And they were really big. I mean, they, they signed um, like Insight, obviously Panda. They uh, like, they have a huge Mexican pop, uh, only pop uh, project. They're huge and they're called Los Claxons. And they're super cool. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. I mean, um, a couple of bands made it big uh, uh, in the early 2000s, but they were all, you know, like on Sony, uh, which is, you know, like, it's not a, like, pop punk label Sony. And I remember uh, Universal, Warner, but, but they were majors. I mean, they were, it, there's not, like, a, an intermedium. Right. So that's a whole different world at that point. Yeah. Um, I, I just find it... I was so interested in you right off the bat, just because like your career path and how you've been able to branch off into all these different genres. You have your own, the YouTube channel that took off, just you as a personality is a, is a, is a very popular thing on social media. And I'm so like, I'm always shocked at how, like the story of how you ended up with all these different lanes. Like I know for you, we talked about this before. It was, you, you started out with like, with the YouTube channel, right? Like it was like the YouTube yeah. channel for, first before the music. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Like, yeah, exactly. Were you were you doing like music content on the channel, or did you just were you just that guy that just like happened to be talented, or was it like the fans who were just like, "Hey, we want like music from you"? Like, how how did that happen? We started making music for the channel as jokes, you know, like we did parodies from Mexican songs and. Uh, 
that and but you know like it wasn't like a weekly thing or anything i mean we, we were straight constant with blog vlogging i mean like talking about our lives or you know like bringing kids uh you know like today i'm gonna go get my driver's license and, and you get the gopro and you go through that shit right uh and i was like 21 when we started out it's me and the other guy from los children uh his name is netzawal coyote <laughs> i swear to god that's for for us uh, us guys who have no idea what that meant <laughs> yeah the, uh, i mean los children is two people it's me and uh, my best friend he his his name is a super mexican a heavily mexican name and it's it's pronounced netzahualcoyotl Go ahead and try to say that. I'm out. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, say it one more time, and, 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 and my terrible voice is going to attempt this. Yeah, it's let, let me spell it so you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so spell it in the chat. I'm going to say it out loud. Look at that. That one's only one word. All right. Every single fan of you is going to hate me right now. <laughs> they understand. Salukiotl. Netsalukiotl. Oh, my God. That, that was... Phonetically perfect, but it's not the, the way for it. <laughs> so fast. Phonetically, okay. but that was terrible. Let, let me let me let me try to do it phonetically. Ne za and then it's like This is amazing. You know, and then I mean, it's like a Mexican thing. The the TL at the end, like the early people that live here originally, and they were nets. They everything ends ended with TL. Yoto. Where does nets. nets from the? From ah, yeah, yeah. He goes by Netza. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Netza, perfect. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a standard. We have that we have that issue within our band because none of us have cool catchy names at all. Mine is simple. Everybody can say Ty, but nobody can spell it. Nobody can oh. spell or say his first name. Everybody can say Josh, but his last name is so Central European. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we 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 made this. We we sh from the beginning. It should have just been like CJ Ty Josh, and then that's it. But yeah, that's like boy band characters right there. <laughs> exactly. JJ, CJ, and Max. Oh my God. We're going to rebrand this. You'll be blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, hey, that might have solved the problem. I always bring up something where, like, hey, wh why does Sink In suck? And what, what do you do better that, like, you know, whoever we're interviewing? And the answer is just simply we just have the wrong names. We've decided. <laughs> that can be it. I mean, because musically, I mean, you're killing it. Uh, I find you guys on Spotify, and that's how we connected. I mean, I was listening to to music on Spotify. Then the this song of yours, Drive. You just... And I was like, "Fuck, man, this is so cool!" And it sounded like really, I don't know, like modern. Uh, and it's like, okay, so yeah, I mean, this is kind of pop punk, but it's kind of essence. So I was very intrigued. Uh, and I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we, we connected. It just makes me blush every single time. And then we talk about how we're going to play shows together, but the world still hasn't and, opened up. Yeah. And <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so, all right. So I'll, let's talk a little bit about uh, playing shows, what, what, what it's like for you guys where you're at right now in your career. Obviously, you're starting to play some really big festivals uh, all, all, around, all around the country. And Like, I, I want to know what it was like for you guys right before the pandemic shut down. Like, did it start to, to get big enough where it started to feel weird? Like, oh, this is really different now. Like, like we're taking the next step up. Were you starting to notice that or did it just kind of like end too fast? It might have ended too fast, but definitely was like this rush. Like, like we had like everything we did gained like momentum and it was hyped and, and, and we like... Uh, we, we were super into it. I mean, we we're like, okay, cool. Thanks are you know, like looking up, let's start working our asses up. I mean, this is when we're going to ride this wave. 
So, uh, I mean, it was, it was super cool, you know, like getting to play festivals along, you know, like some of our favorite bands. Uh, I mean, we played, the, you know, like 2 p.m. slots, but I mean, our, our fan base actually gathered and, and that actually made us look super cool, you know, like with promoters and shit. It's like, uh, who the fuck are these kids again? And then, bam, and we have a thousand kids like wearing our marriage and shit. And, and, and everyone at the festival was like, oh, man, it, like, uh, like they don't even know what's happening, but, but they want more. So we, we were starting to, you know, like uh, getting, uh, you know, like bigger festivals and, and we get to work, you know, with some of our favorite people. And that, I mean, people we grew up idolizing. I mean, uh, Eric Canales, he's the lead singer uh, from a really popular band uh, in the pop punk. Uh, like in general, they're actually Mexican pop culture staple. They're called Allison. Uh, Allison <laughs> and uh, the, the lead singer uh, produced our first record. Uh, so like, like a lot of that shit was started to happening was, you know, like what's happening. And, and we got, you know, like super into just working and touring and touring and, and getting new marriage and getting new music together. So everything started, you know, like changing and we toured so constantly that uh i mean we, we were able to play you know like probably well mexico's touring circuit is not as big as you guys is i mean we probably have like a, a full across the country tour we, you get to play probably around 35 shows which are amazing but i see you guys uh, i mean I've, I've seen bands that play you know like 58 60 shows like in the same tour right how many of them can you do like in a full cross like there's weak markets obviously but uh, the ones that are actually worth you know like you can go and you don't break your pockets <laughs> yeah it depends on how crazy you are how much time you want to spend out in the midwest there's a you know it it, it really it really depends band to band you know we're we're in one of those weird spots in our career where obviously we're you know not a very big band at all but we have a couple of those cities that we always do well in and yeah it's awesome but like the way the u.s markets work is that you could do very well in a market and drive an hour to the next city and absolutely nobody knows who you are like yeah. there's such isolated markets and isolated demographics that it's a it is a, a bit of an emotional killer when you're like, man, 150 people showed up tonight. Like we might actually be doing something in the next night. There's five, but yeah, you only, you only drove 45 minutes, but that's, yeah. that's what we're doing now. It's we, we already know those kind of uh, cities. So we do the five people on Friday and the 150 people on Saturday. And that way it's like, oh, holy shit. We just played like in a hole yesterday. And today, like a bunch of people showed up and then you go back to your house smiling. <laughs> Tell me about said holes in Mexico. What's playing the tiny venues in, in Mexico like? Was a first start in your projects. Well, it's, uh, I've seen a couple, especially with Los Chodgon. Los Chodgon, we were crazy when we were started. When we were starting out, I mean, we, we played every fucking show they they wanted us in. Or, I mean, I was just sending emails. Like, I, I what I would do is uh, I just looked, like, every single band that played, uh, like, I don't know, let's say a, a really hard city or a really hard state to go to play for us, it was Durango. It's a, a big-ass state, but it's like a desert and nobody, like, there's not a, a, a very, you know, like, punk or... Uh, I don't know, even hip hop scene. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, and, and some people are gonna come and ah, fuck you, you forget about this guy and this guy, and this, but I don't know. Uh, so, but to my eyes, they don't have like a strong uh, music scene, but we will get a lot of comments like uh, on our videos or, uh, or, you know, like on Instagram, like, okay, hey, when are you guys playing uh, Durango? And, and we watched, uh, you know, like the flyers and, and we announced the flyer for the tour. And people were like upset. Why are you guys not coming? So what I would do, what I did is uh, I just, you know, like found a band from Durango and then I got into his, their Facebook and then I clicked on the last event they played in their music, you know, like scene. So I was like, okay, Durango, Bar La Llorona. So I was like, okay, let's contact them. 
Uh, hey, Barla Llorona, uh, we're Los Chogon, we want to play a show. I mean, we were, uh, we were, when we were just starting, we, we were doing tours, you know, like uh, me, uh, me, Netza, and, and I would play, you know, like the, the beats from my iPhone, like it would be connected to the PA, and we were just like uh, rapping in, like on top of our beds, uh, no DJ, no drummer, that's the way we do it now with a DJ and a drummer. But I mean, back in the day, I, it was just like us and my iPod. So all we need to get was, you know, like some, uh, you know, like bus tickets for two people. And then uh, we would eat anything. We would crash any place. So it would be cheap for the Bar La Llorona to bring us. And then we went and played and it was an awesome show. And we didn't spend that much money. And then we came back and, and I find out, you know, like, oh, okay, so people actually give a shit in here. But... Uh, ah, fuck, I, I went another way. The question was about the holes, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it, you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, this, that's, what this, that's what this whole podcast is, is, is about, is that we just, like, we, we just had this conversation today. Uh, jo Josh just said earlier, like, isn't it strange how, like, band guys in general just how weird we end up being after living that kind of life, like the DIY touring lifestyle, just like the amount of things that you find acceptable that, that nobody else, nobody else would find acceptable. No, these guys, these guys just shared a, shared an inflatable mattress in my little studio setup last night and it was cold and they were just all nice and cozy and keeping each other warm. And like, <laughs> just, you do it. That's it. Welcome. Yeah. Somebody else at 30 is would be comfortable with this. And we Dude, it, it just happened to me like uh, a couple of years ago, like two years ago, actually. Uh, I went with my friends, my high school friends. They're like brothers and sisters to me. And uh, we, we plan like a, a trip each year. So like we do a posada. It's called in Mexico, like the holiday pa parties. So we... Two years ago, we ended up uh, going to Big Bear, you know, like getting to the snowboard thing. Not that I did. I mean, I just fell and but uh, I just fell through the mountain on my ass like a hundred times. But it was fun. We went to Big Bear. And then next night we, we went to Disneyland. So um, we, we got to travel and I was driving the van. And they were like, dude, I mean, you weren't, I mean, you didn't have a car in high school. What the fuck is like, and I'm driving everyone and I'm doing the tour logistics. Like, dude, we're going to stop and then we're going to pee on this, uh, I don't know, on this gas station. Everyone's going to get a muffin because we're not going to stop to eat or anything. We're, I'm just going to drive and, and no one's going to say anything. And and then we get to it and they were all like, dude, what the fuck? I mean, why can't this be a road trip? I mean, why it's, I mean, what the fuck is this music you're playing? So they, they were like all that. And, and then we got, because they're like, uh, like normal people with, with regular jobs. So the, we, we got to the Airbnb where we're going to stay in Anaheim and everyone fucking freaked out. Like, ah! the girls were like, oh my God, this is a shithole. Never in my life I'm going to stay. So I was like outside, you know, getting the luggage and shit. And so I was like, fuck, man. I mean, it must be pretty bad. And then I entered it. It was like, dude. Man, this is like a headliner Airbnb. <laughs> I mean, you get a bed. Uh, I mean, the fucking TV works. There's Wi-Fi. I don't know what the hell you guys are complaining about. <laughs> okay, so for you guys, is there are there people that hit you up from high school, about, like after years gone by and they realize what you're doing, and they they hit you up with just like the the most like nonsensical chats, just like, hey man, I heard you're like a rock star now. Like you, you like doing it big? Like, do you own a place in LA? Like, it, have, have you experienced that? Cause for me, it's either one or the other. Like anybody who hits me up from high school, it's either like, oh man, he got, got, he got like a famous music career or else like, hey, you're still like a dirt bag in a punk band. Like it's one or the other. Nobody has an actual realistic view of what we do. Or you get that occasional person that's like, Oh man, I've seen you since high school. Like, what do you do? And they just have like no concept of that you travel or doing yeah stuff. So you, you play you play like a, like like the bar down the street. Mm -hmm. Like you open up for, you open it up at the pen every night from like eight to eleven. Right. You start explaining it like, oh yeah, I, I'm a musician. They're like, man, I, I bet you probably like 
you probably like I don't know played that club down the street, right? Yeah. Just, Everybody has backyard. Yep. Yeah. Are, are there any music venues at all in the middle of nowhere, Centralia, Illinois? Yeah, there's like one, maybe, or two. Is it your garage? Uh, <laughs> no. You should open a venue in your garage. <laughs> I've considered it. <laughs> but, okay, so like, we played a couple of garages. Yeah, the cool shows. So you still get to sell T-shirts. Especially for you, like, did people hit hit you up once you started getting traction on YouTube? Like, what what is happening with this dude I, I was in math class with? <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people understand it. I recently, uh, I graduated high school in 2009. So 2019, we had like a 10 year reunion shit. Uh, and I went and, you know, like people were like, a lot of people were, you know, like married and had kids and that kind of uh, like super normal jobs. And, and I wasn't, you know, like a popular kid in high school. I mean, I, I didn't get in trouble. I mean, I wasn't bullied or anything. I mean, I was just, you know, like, oh, okay, so you're playing guitar. Yeah, I guess. And you're screaming and, and you're like a little emo, but you also like, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, I, I like to party enough to, to meet people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like nobody had like this sense of, of what the hell this kid is doing because everyone was like living in, in Guadalajara, which is my hometown, which is a really big city. But once I get to Mexico City, I was like, man, we live in a small town. Like this shit is like it, it changes your, your mindset. So I went back to Guadalajara to the, to the reunion and, and everyone was amazed. Like, dude, I mean, like, it's the same band that you played in high school. And, and like, no, no, no. I mean, like four of them failed miserably, but then a couple of them got it right. So like, I'm not, you know, it, the, the main question, it was like, probably not that polarizing about, you know, like, oh man, are, you're killing it. Or you're like, uh, oh, so you're, you're just a kid, right? It, it was more like, yeah, yeah, I had a couple of, um, I have one cool story from that. Uh, I have, uh, I had a crush on this girl, like nothing serious. I mean, I just, uh, I, 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 I really liked that one. We weren't friends, we never, we never anything, right? And uh, on high school, uh, I, I just met her once and that's it. And I, I was just in the back of my mind, constantly thinking, oh, one day I'm gonna muster up the guts and then I'm gonna tell her. Uh, and then never happened. And then everything went separate ways and then she got married. And then on the high school reunion, she went with me and she was like, man, I saw you're a musician. Oh, my God. And then she wanted to take a picture with me and she uh, took a picture of me and put it, you know, like in the Instagram story. And I was like, man, you know, like things actually turned all right. <laughs> <laughs> See, we can't relate. We're not big enough yet. <laughs> so, OK, so what's the status of the music world and the touring world right now in Mexico? Like, is there light at the end of the tunnel in terms of shows happening soon? Or where are you guys at uh, in regards to COVID and live music? It's uh, probably at the end of the tunnel. I'm really optimist saying this, but I think probably we might get to squeeze in a show, probably only one, like let's say December show, uh, like live show. But right now, uh, things are like, I'm, they're currently moving a really big virtual festival. It's called the Catepal Norte. And uh, a lot of big bands are playing and it's like the biggest, you know, like internet festival that's uh, happened here in Mexico, but it's nothing like there's no live anything. There's a couple of auto shows that really big bands get to do, you know, because you need to actually have a draw if you're, you know, like, have to rent you know like a full amphitheater and shit. i mean a, a thousand cars it's like five thousand people man <laughs> like you can just go and do that in durango but is, a couple of really big bands are doing you know here and there is your long-term goal to have each of your projects individually open up for one another so you just- i would really love to yeah what uh, like i have like this yeah. plan in my mind that I constantly tell the guys, uh, like both, everyone's really good friends with, with everyone. So we live together, like not right now, when we first moved to the city, uh, Los Children and Say Ocean, we shared an apartment, like five people, four bedrooms, one bathroom, uh, shit got nasty. <laughs> but, 
but it was uh, the first couple of years we lived in here, two years. Uh, and then uh, we got to, uh, an invitation to play South by Southwest. We didn't do it because we didn't have the money to go, but we're going to do it sometime soon. Like once it, it opens up, I just told the guys, man, it would be awesome if like for that one tour, like let, let's fucking do South by Southwest. And we're from Mexico. We're, we live in Mexico City, so we get to tour like up. I don't know, we probably can't squeeze like 10 shows on the way up. And then we play South by Southwest. And then we go back on the same tour, like different side of the city, of the country. So we can do another probably 10 shows and we do a full tour. Uh, and that's the way we can probably get the money to go to, to South by Southwest, right? So everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should make it happen one day. But I'm really pushing for it once South by Southwest became, becomes available once again. And if they're so kind to have us, right? I'm just speaking <laughs> like a plan. It will be a cool, uh, it's a cool fantasy. It's already done. They have 4,000 bands that weekend. They'll have you. We'll yeah. figure it yeah. out. We'll make the call. Like we <laughs> Have you ever guys done any like festivals or, or that kind of big shows? Yeah, we, um, we, we've had the opportunity to play uh, some pretty awesome festivals that the most, I think that was actually the most frustrating thing for us uh, in terms of the timing of the COVID pandemic is that last summer we were scheduled to play some of the biggest festivals we'd ever played as a band. And um, I mean, everything fell apart so fast. I mean, when, when everything shut down, we were on tour. So we, oh, man. I mean, it was like a, it was the situation was literally on the phone in the, the parking lot of the venue we're playing that night in New Mexico and making a decision of like, Hey, how serious is this whole like virus thing? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, we, yeah. Like we were on tour. So it's not that we're not aware of what's going on, but you're just so busy when you're on the road as a DIY band that you don't necessarily know the extent of or like the seriousness of national news. <laughs> and that's another that's another thing of what you guys mentioned about the lifestyle of the DIY, that you're so, so off the grid that you're not even paying attention to kind of important shit, actually. Yeah. And, and most of your friends are like, dude, what the hell? I mean, can't you see the world's falling apart? And it's like, oh, dude, you know, like I was worried about, you know, getting to the next city, man. I, I can't be on Twitter all day. Right. We were, I, I think... If I remember correctly, we made the decision once the NBA, because that day the NBA started canceling games. Mm -hmm. The the whole like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rudy Gay, like touching the microphone thing. It happened that afternoon. And I was watching it in the in the parking lot, in the van. Like, oh, this might be something serious. Like if the NBA is not playing games, like we might need to really address this. And we drove home to Los Angeles that night. But what? Anyway, like, so obviously we lost the whole summer and we kind of had our entire business plan based upon the, the jump start of these big festivals building us through the year. And that didn't happen. So the business plan had to change. And that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I mean, a lot of bands just stopped. And then that's like it. We were saying here at the house, like the, the pandemic, it's. I mean, considering it, it ends like somewhere this year or next year, probably. If it goes longer, I don't know if I'm going to be able to mentally take it, right? But uh, we were just talking that this period has been like uh, a real thing that has been separating men from boys from men in terms of driving force and uh, how bad do you want it that you're still actually devoting your life to to your music and a lot of bands that actually were doing kind of good and were like on the verge of making things happen uh, a lot of them just stopped because like they're like oh fuck this okay man i can play uh i mean i'm not making any money probably so i'm just gonna go and and find a different job till this uh ends right but i mean there are other bands that are actually just you know, like looking for different ways to make things happen. And I think that the universe is going to reward that. <laughs> I'm counting on it. <laughs> That's great. So we got to get some good actual disaster stories from you then. Yeah. Tell us about 
what are the things that can go wrong when you're touring in Mexico? Oh, a lot of things. Like, especially the, the one thing we get most scared of is, uh, I don't want to make it like a bad name for Mexico because this is not like all places, but there are definitely a couple of cities where you're kind of worried about, uh, you know, like narcos and, and you have, you, you cannot drive like, like night drives. They're canceled, like in, in a couple of states, like you can do it, but it's up to you. And it, really make a bunch of your fans mad when you call out their cities. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's just not, not, not calling them their cities. It's just, uh, I, I, it's like the North. No, not specific cities because I haven't it, that that hasn't happened to us. We, we've been lucky enough, uh, and we we're careful. I mean, uh, those are a couple of states that you're not able to drive at night. Uh, you can do it, but you can face the consequences of doing it, right? So that's one really hard thing that I don't know if it happens in other countries, but <laughs> that one needs uh, and here happens. Um, I think cops are always a problem. I mean, like if they. The military will stop you, like, uh, for a randomly selected, like, yeah, dude, I mean, there's 12 tattooed guys in shorts uh, in, in a van, and you're randomly selecting us for a routine revision? Come on, man. And they're expecting to find drugs every time. And we're very careful with that. We do not. <laughs> so, so it's like every time... It, I'm on my nerves just thinking, fuck, I mean, it's like, are they going to plant anything on us? Are they going to win money? Because it's, that's something that actually happens a lot. Um, so that, that it's really hard, uh, th those kind of things. But um, there's not like stream weather conditions. And we have like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even back to our original tour van that was literally just like multicolored and like falling apart, the holes and stuff. If it was the right time of night in the right spot, we would get pulled over just for kind of a, a checkup. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was like 2 a.m. through a small town outside of Chicago. I know we got pulled over one time and they were just kind of making sure we were normal. <laughs> Yeah, just 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 looking sketchy in a black van. Yeah, I think really the only the only like the, the only time that I was nervous with like a police incident on tour was in Southern Kentucky. Uh, we had a day off and I had, I got, I got a drone, you know, just like, just like a, like a filming drone. Like a, a cool. And uh, we were staying at this house. I, I, I just decided to just test it. I'm just practicing, working on flying. Hopefully I can get good enough at this that we can create some content and it'd be all good. I lost connection to the drone and it fell into the middle of a farm uh, in, a, in the middle of Southern, Southern Kentucky. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to see if I can try and find it. It leaves like a little like GPS pin. Yeah. Well, and can it take a fall? Like I've always been curious, well, like, or, or it was just smashed. Oh, no, no, no. It took the fall. It was all good. Uh, Fuck, man. I just needed to, like, get close enough to reconnect with it. But so in order to try and find it, I'm driving our van and trailer around this town of, like, 12 people. I'm just trying to get, like, like, what road I can get that's close enough to the center of this huge cornfield that I know it's in to, to, to try and walk and get it. I finally just drove right up this little, like, dirt path in the middle of this field, I mean, like a good, we're like, I'm like a good mile now, Pat, like beyond the house. Wow. So I parked it as far as I could. So the van and trailer is sitting in the middle of this cornfield in, in Kentucky. And I walk down over the hill and I find it all good. I'm walking back up and there's now a sheriff, like a good old fashioned Midwest sheriff cowboy hat on and like the tan everything and this this the sheriff's star like yeah ready to go. x files yeah. sure he's so he is parked in the middle of the field right beside the van and he's he's got the hand on the holster and he's just calling me like literally like the thumb up and the finger out western movie style I'm like all right man like, like literally doing it with his hand 
literally, he's like, you, I'm doing this, you, this. So you know you're in trouble. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm walking up and I got the drone in my hands. And he's, and he's yelling, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm sorry, hang on, I can explain. And he kept saying, what's in the bag? And I don't know what that, I didn't know what that meant. I'm just holding the drone. I'm like, sir, I don't have a bag. Tell me what's in the bag right now. I set the drone down uh, in the passenger seat of the van and I walk up like this. It's like, I need you to return and get the bag right now. Like, I don't have a bag. He's getting angsty. I'm like, I, I don't, I had a drone. He doesn't know what a drone is in this. Yeah. No idea. Dude, uh, I mean, if you started flying, he would freak out. Yeah. So I'm literally, and, and so in my head, I'm going, I mean, if anything happens here, I, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like there's 15 people in this, in this town. I guarantee every single one of them is going to side with the sheriff as opposed to the weird dude from Pennsylvania at the time that was like roaming around somebody's cornfield on a Monday afternoon. So I, I go and I get, I get the drone and I'm literally walking up to him like this drone in one hand <laughs> and the other, he grabs it out of my hand and he's like literally looking at it. And I wish I was recording because the camera was still on in order for me to have the GPS I you have no idea how badly I wish I could just see this this sheriff just looking at the drone, just like staring at it, just <laughs> and then letting me go. I was like, I'm sorry, we're at what I think I said we're playing at the church down the street. It's like, oh, oh man, church <laughs> down there, and it's all good. He eventually let me go, but I was panicking. Way. But yeah, man, the, the fact that you're in the middle of nowhere and he's already pointing you with a gun made of flesh and he has a real gun <laughs> anytime somebody points at you with the thumb up you know it's trouble this yeah you yeah i mean you fucked up you, you went to a different path uh, you went to a wrong part of town <laughs> turns out what happened the reason why he saw me is because the uh nobody was home at the farm where i was at except for like an 80 year old lady watching me out the window and she she called she it, she didn't call the police she literally she like called a son who called an uncle who called the aunt who called the cousin who is the sheriff fuck man some small town shit yeah, a real <laughs> small town like at this point everybody knows what's going on and they know yeah. you're probably on the newspaper the next day you yeah. don't know the, the newspaper that comes out once a once a month out there for hmm. Five, it's five not even a newspaper that points a newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a carrier pigeon just dropping off a piece of paper with the daily news. Yeah, like the sheriff, you know, like kills guy from the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so when when it comes to when it comes to your hip hop music, was there ever any disasters where just like because you have to rely on a good sound system. You have to rely on just cables. Like there's no natural tones. It could go really, really wrong at the early level. Was there yeah. ever a time where you were just like, oh, I'm doing this acapella now? Fuck, a lot of times. <laughs> Not a lot of times, but probably, you know, like three or four that uh, on the early shows, uh, I mean, it was just like that. I, I mean, I learned the hard way that during a show I had to put airplane mode on. Oh, <laughs> We were like just dancing around it, and it's like a like it's like a party uh, set, you know. Like uh, we're dancing and we're jumping shit, and we're trying to do thing, and, and then it just stopped, uh, because I got a call. So it, it was like like the PA. I mean, it was a small show, probably you know like twenty people or something. The first time it happened, <laughs> and, and, and we're like freaking out, like, dude, what the fuck? And we're still rapping like over the the iPhone ringtone. <laughs> so, so we, you know, like we weren't sure, and, and then the call stopped. So we just did it a cappella, like, okay, ha ha ha. We kind of left it up, and everyone was like, oh. people loved it. I mean, they they really like. Um, not all, not not all people, but like when you're in a show that's kind of small, you can do like a little community and just say hi to everyone, and everyone's kind of rooting for you to have a good show. They know you've traveled, and um, so so people are kind of rooting for you. They start cheering, they love it, and they they love that. Even if if it was something that went wrong, 
it's something that doesn't happen that often. So they feel like they're watching a special show uh, and they're kind of are because you, they got, you know, like half song with a beat and then half song a cappella. And, uh, and they, they, they didn't mind like, uh, like the couple of times it happened, but um, not because of a call, you know, like some, sometimes I will, you know, like my cell phone will just fall out and disconnect shit. Um, so like every time we kind of left it off and we're like, ah, ha, ha, we're, we're trying our best. This is what we're doing. And so, you know, people have been gentle with it, but it has definitely happened. So it was most, you know, like our musician side became more serious as we went on, you know, like making a living out of it. And so we were like, dude, we actually really need to deliver quality. I mean, we, we cannot be doing this shit if we're charging a ticket. So, so it, it became more elaborate and then the drummer came along with the DJ and everything. It's a lot more, uh, organic in a way i mean bigger shows and festivals we we get to play with real musicians you know like guitar players and we don't play that shit because it's you know like rapping and playing the guitar would be i don't know like i, I, I don't know if my brain is wired that way <laughs> <laughs> but uh we get to have you know like this cool ass bassist and this great guitarist and uh, you know some key player a sax guy so uh, that's on real big shows but uh, usually we do, you know, like the drummer and the DJ and me and Netza. And he has been working out since for, a, it's been like two years with this lineup. Now that you guys are a little more established, how often do you get that fan that comes up and they're like, hey, your guys' set was really good, but you guys didn't play the uh, ringtone song. Like, <laughs> you like or remember certain songs from the early days that maybe aren't quite the same. It, it happens a lot, especially because all the joke songs that are on our, on our YouTube channel, they're, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, we're like 20 and we were recording with just like a little mic and I don't know. We were experimenting. We were learning. So a lot of those early songs, uh, I mean, fans are actually requesting it. There's one that's uh, a, super Mex a super famous Latin song called Yo No Se Mañana. And it's like, Yo No Se Mañana. Si estaremos juntos, si se acaba el mundo. It's something like that. And, and it's like a salsa bit. And that's how once he called me and he was like, dude, I recorded a parody of uh, Yo No Se Mañana. It's called Ya No Hay Caguamas. Ya No Hay Caguamas, which means we ran out of 40 ounces. <laughs> They're called 40 ounces, right? Like, like the, the big ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we ran out of four ends. So it's Jano Aika Wava. And it's there. And that, that song, we couldn't get it. We couldn't shake it. Like for the first couple of tours, we actually played it live. I mean, we, we, we actually, it, it was so like, people are like, dude, I came for your show because I know, I know you make music because of that one show, that one song. And you're not going to play it. And we're like, oh my God, okay. So there's only a couple of people in here. Let's do it. Okay, plug in. And Netza had the instrumental, uh, but it's not even the instrumental or the beat. It's just like the karaoke version. Uh, and that's it. And he recorded uh, like over it. And, and he's dressed like, you know, like a salsa guy. It's fucking, it's like, I take a kick out of it. Uh, but we, we couldn't shook and we couldn't shake that song uh, for a couple of years. We play, actually played it and we actually did like a live version. But yeah, that kind of stuff happens. And, and that's what we get for, you know, like doing the YouTuber shit. I mean, it's, it, it's part of that. Um, it's part of that identity that we have. Uh, and, you know, like you still with it. Most people are actually nice about it. Like, oh, are you not going to play Yanoike Wamas? Or there's another one called... Al Dos Veinte, which is uh, a song we did with, with a couple of friends. And, and it's a super fun song to do, but we lost, you know, like the, the, the beat because it was, you know, like a generic beat from YouTube and shit. Um, so we don't play that anymore. And, and people were like, okay, cool. Uh, when are you going to play that song? And we're like, oh, we're actually never going to do it. <laughs> they're like, oh, man. But, but, you know, like they're usually nice about it. <laughs> All right, so I guess the last question then would be, when can we get you guys up in the states? I told you this before, but I want I want to do it. I want I want to see I want to see what you guys can do uh, 
Like you gotta like bring it up to like Texas. Well, you're talking about South by Southwest, but like yeah, exactly. We can do something like that. The problem is, I don't know if we're allowed to, you know, like DIY touring without, you know, like work visas. Yeah, but we can do it. You know, like what we can do is uh, a lot of bands. Actually, we shouldn't be talking about this public. But I, I know there's a lot of bands that actually just, you know, like go over to states, no instruments, you know, like fucking Hawaiian shares. Like, hey, look at us from vacation. We're just here for the ride. And then, you know, like uh, they play with borrowed shit um, down there. So that way they, you know, like don't have to get right. one of those bases. But we can definitely work something out. I mean, if, if we uh, get to do the, you know, once it opens up, if we get to do the the South by Southwest, definitely do a run in, in Houston. Or even better, we can probably do like Tijuana, which you guys are super close. And we can do the, the thing that we play LA and you guys play Tijuana. We do a whole tour out of it. And we make, make, maybe squeeze a couple series. There's four cities out there that you can play. One's in Ensenada, Mexicali, Tijuana. And uh, the other one is in Sonora, which is which is a different state than Baja California, but it's called San Luis de Colorado. You do a four little circuit, um, and we can do that, and then do another four the next weekend up there in California. That would be super cool. I'm in, but they're going to be waiting for you at the border with a clip from this podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, they're going to be so uh, yeah, like Pina Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a, a, a podcast. Watched by eight people. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. Turns out my son's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for jumping on this podcast with us. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, can you please give us a rundown of all the places where the people can find you all over social media? Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, social media is uh, Pini Express. It's mine because there's no Enye in English. So it's Pini Express with double S. Uh, arroba, at, at Los Chotgun, uh, at Say Ocean Band. Uh, see, Los Chotgun is, I don't know if you can see it, like Los Chotgun in Saltillo. <laughs> <laughs> Los Chotgun, Say Ocean. And that's it. Las Cosas Calladitas is the other one that's my soul break, but it's, you know, like just something I do because I can't do it. <laughs> this is Jack of all trades. Yeah. Thank, yeah, you. thank you for having me man uh, I see you guys are working in, on new music I'm excited for that I, I really like your band they don't know that yet we're not working on new music oh we're not working oh, yeah exactly alright thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Tour Stories podcast uh, this is a pretty interesting one because this is our first guest who has been out of the US so um, thanks to him for joining in with us and Josh where can they find our podcast Find it at uh, Tour Stories Pod Pod on Instagram <laughs> and uh, Sink In Band uh, on Instagram as well. Yep. And as always, like, subscribe to everything, share this podcast with your friends, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.